SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Warning. The following program contains shocking content that may give you a better or worse than pessimistic hope on anything you like, especially when it comes to your love of sports, entertainment, and even your own morning culinary experiences. Viewer and listener discretion is advised. Expect Denver to get all the calls in game four. I guarantee you the officials have a ton of makeup calls, and Denver will have every opportunity in the world to win game four. You call these bagels? It's Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. Welcome to Bagels and Bad Beats with yours truly, Scott Wetzel, on this uh, Wednesday, September 9th. Yours truly sitting in for the next two glorious hours, taking your phone calls at 844-843-6879. Again, that's toll free, 844-843-6879. You want to follow me on Twitter, send a tweet. It is at Opposite Picks. That's O-P-P-O-S-I-T-E, Picks, P-I-C-K-S. Email me. Go to my website, OppositePicks.com. Hit the contact, Scott Icon, and fire away. Emails, tweets, phone calls, little YouTube chat as well right here on a Bagels and Bad Beats again on a Wednesday, September 9th. Can the Rockets drain the Lakers? Is there value with the Bucks? Did the Bucks lose the battle but win the war? Numbers don't lie, but people do. Bucking Bronco, rowdy friends stay away. Fournette fires away. Uh, down go the Stankies again. Slam Diego's back. What's the Cowboy to do? This doesn't sound like a man on the move. Another shot at Aroid. And uh, anybody home at Yahoo Sports? We'll get to all those stories again, plus your phone calls, emails, tweets, right here on the Bagels and Bad Beats for a Wednesday, September 9th. It didn't feel like a Wednesday. I was about to say Thursday, to tell you the truth. This whole week is uh, wacky. You know, whenever you have a day off that you're not expected to, with Labor Day being Monday, it just kind of throws. You would think, I would think today would be Tuesday, but, you know, I know it's not Tuesday, so I had to adjust things. And uh, is it Wednesday? Is it Thursday? You know, with anticipation of the NFL season beginning on Thursday, tomorrow, and then the full slate of games, obviously, Sunday, and college football really starting. Big slate of games on uh, on Saturday as well, although big slate for college football for 2020. Anyway, you got about... Uh, what, seven or eight games? He had one canceled. The Baylor game was, was postponed because of the virus yesterday. So uh, a big slate in college football is, is uh, about 10 games. So we have that. So everything's kind of wacky uh, on this uh, Wednesday, September 9th. A lot to get to, including LeBron James and the Lakers winning, Bucks losing. But again, they may have won the war. We'll get that all that next. Right big that beats on a Wednesday, September 9th. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Bagel. Now, back to Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. Rondo has found it. 
Harden shakes LeBron James and comes up short into the hands of Davis. Now the Lakers on the run to LeBron. LeBron all the way. Freight train coming. LeBron James. LeBron out on the run. He's usually the guy leading the fast break and making the pass. But here in the... Bagels and Bad Beats on a Wednesday morning. Yours truly, Scott Wetzel, sitting in, taking it right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time. Uh, ESPN with the call there as the Lakers do, in fact, late last night, knock off the Houston Rockets 112 to 102. Same old, same old with the Houston Rockets. And, and same old, same old with LeBron James. I know you're going to wake up today and you're going to grab the newspaper or you're going to turn on the four letter network or maybe one of these other sites that give uh, recaps on sports. Lakers do win 112-102, and you're going to hear LeBron was great. He was this. He was that. He got 36 points, team high. Him and Anthony Davis combined for 62. They're now 17-1 and when those two combined for 60 or more points, which is great. I understand all that. But typical LeBron, because he had 29 of those 36 points in the first half. Now, did he keep his team in it when Houston was playing great? Sure, he did, but when the team really needed to have someone step up, was it LeBron James in the fourth quarter? No, it was not. It was Rajon Rondo. He's the one that led a 21-8 spurt to start the fourth quarter, turning a tie game at 82 into a Lakers double-digit lead, and really Houston never made a run. They kept it close. They tried a couple of times, but uh, for all intents and purposes, the Lakers won by 10 because they were leading by 10, about the six-minute mark of the fourth quarter. So it was Rondo, though, not LeBron James. LeBron, you know, anybody. You and I could score 29 points in the first half. And I, oh, the guys on the four-letter network last night, oh, they were going crazy. Oh, it's LeBron. It's unbelievable. And listen, he hit some crazy shots, and I'll, I'll give him credit, but it's the first half. Again, you and I could score 30 points in the first half of an NBA game these days, whether it's a playoff game or a regular season game or a preseason game. It doesn't matter. There's no defense being played. I don't know why they're not playing defense. They can. They've showed it. All these teams have really showed that they can. You know, uh, second half, they shut down the Rockets as they did in game number two. Remember game number two, the Rockets scored just 17 fourth quarter points. And Houston scored just 38 second-half points last night after scoring 64 in the first half. I mean, how do you score 64 points in one half, which alone is impressive, and then you only score 38 in the second half? You know, almost half the amount of points you scored in an entire half um, on both sides of the equation. I, I don't get that. I, I don't know how you can be so good first half and so bad the second half. Uh, you know, and a lot of it is just guys decide to play a little bit of defense and the Lakers decided to play defense second half. LeBron did help with that. I'll give him credit for that. But overall, you know, numbers wise, 36 points. All right. But only seven in the second half. You know, if the Lakers lose that game, we're ripping LeBron because he didn't show up in the second half offensively. And that's LeBron James. You know, uh, he's got a couple of guys there that helped him out a little bit with AD, you know, coming through as well with 26 points. And again, Rondo, you know, again, chipping in with 21 overall. But uh, it's going to be the LeBron James story because he got his 162nd playoff win, the most in NBA history. You know, a little caveat on that. You know, they forget to say that the rounds are now best of seven from the first round on. There's a gazillion playoff games every single year. So don't put a whole lot of credence into 162 playoff wins for LeBron James. That'll be passed by one of these guys that are playing now. I, I guarantee you. But, you know, to me, it's more an anti-Houston thing than it is a pro-Laker thing, you know, typical me, I suppose. Harden and, and Westbrook, you know, here's the discouraging thing if you're a Rockets fan. One, you've blown a one nothing series lead, so now you're trailing two games to one. Two, you actually got good games offensively out of Harden and Russell Westbrook. They combined for 60-plus points, and you still didn't win. And not only didn't you win, 
you lost by double digits. I mean, it wasn't even close. You know, you you lose, you know, um, you know, all right, 102, uh, 112, 102. And, it, you know, it looks like, okay, competitive game. And I suppose it was, but, you know, it wasn't a down-to-the-wire game. I mean, you get 63 points out of Harden and Westbrook, and you're not even really going down to the wire, let alone winning. I, you know, it's, how are you going to win this series? You know, you, you found a way to win game one. One of these games, you got to find a way to win just to put a little scare into the Lakers. I don't think it's going to happen. I really don't. I, I don't think they would lose another game. It wouldn't shock me. See, this is the type of game I thought maybe they would win, where I said Harden and Westbrook would combine. They would both go off. Now, these guys didn't go crazy, crazy, but still 33 out of Harden and 30 out of Westbrook. You know, the 30 out of Westbrook, what's impressive about that is it was on 13 of 24 shooting, you know, two or four from three-point land. That's pretty good. I mean, for Russell Westbrook, that is phenomenal. Um, so this is the one where you've got both superstar, if you will, rocket players to play well, and you still lost, and you still lost by double digits. They got no shot. They're not going to win again. Uh, you know, like I said, I, I thought maybe these two would combine for maybe 70 points, uh, one game, 75, and they would win, and, and they're capable of doing that. But, you know, th this has got all the earmarks of the Portland Jailblazer series. They lose game one to Lakers. I don't know why. You know, LeBron just didn't want to play game one. He just didn't. No points in the fourth quarter. Uh, although you, when you look at tonight, I'm sure he didn't have that many in tonight's fourth quarter. But tonight they didn't need him to really step up. They had other guys, unlike game one, where they did need him to step up, and he didn't. He was just so disinterested for some goofy reason. I don't know what it was, but you could tell watching that the Lakers were not going to win that game. And just like they blew game one against the Portland Jailblazers and won the next four in a row, they're going to do the same thing against the Rockets. This Rockets team, and we, we've seen it time and time and time again with Harden and Westbrook. They, they're just not winners. They're, they're just not. Uh, they can't get it done in the fourth quarter. I don't care how much money they make. I don't care how much they're superstars. I don't care how many all-star games. I don't care how many point scoring titles. I don't care how many triple doubles Russell Westbrook gets. I don't care about well, any of that stuff. The bottom line is these guys never win in the fourth quarter. They never get it done. Big time spot. They have a chance to take a 2-1 series lead. I'll excuse game two. You're not going to probably beat the Lakers back-to-back -back games in the postseason, but you were there. You, you were there tonight. You held the lead for three quarters. And in the fourth quarter, you know, where's Harden? Where, where is Westbrook in, in the fourth quarter? Where are they in the second half? How do you score 38 second-half points again? Well, that is just horrible, especially after scoring just 17 in the fourth quarter of game number two. So awful job by the Rockets last night, trailing out two games to one, and they're basically done. Forward Robert Covington left the game after colliding with Anthony Davis. Don't know. He held his head. Uh, he should be, I'm, you know, I'm a doctor. He should be okay, I would think, but he didn't return, so so you never know. So Lakers take a 2-1 series lead, and we're going to hear how great LeBron James is, even though he did nothing in the second half offensively. Miami, meanwhile, beats up on Milwaukee 103-94. No Giannis decided not to play with his ankle injury, which is probably for the best. Uh, I mean, listen, they lost three games with Giannis in there. It's not like they were 2-1 and one or even 3-0, and oh, God forbid, when he played. Uh, you know, and I think that did play a role in it. I really do. I didn't think they thought they were going to be able to win four straight against Miami. Then you throw in there that he was healthy and he was playing. They still lost three in a row. In fact, the one game they they won last game, you know, Giannis left in the first half, even though he was playing great. So, you know, you gave the Bucks a chance last night, but they just couldn't score. They, they you know, Chris Middleton showed why he's Chris Middleton and he's not a super superstar player. He's a nice player. He's a, he's a role player. But in a game in which they begged for him to step up, he only had 23 points, and that's just not going to cut it. Sounds good. You know, if you got the Greek freak who's really not Greek playing, you chip in with 23, okay. But, you know, when you're supposed to be the superstar, you had to get 30. You had to get 30 points out of Middleton last night, and he didn't do it. He only got 23. So Miami wins it in five. Wow. They, they take the series. They're now 8-1 and one in postseason play after sweeping Indiana 
And if you're a Bucks fan, listen, I'll give you the good and the bad news. All right, we'll start with the bad news since they lost. They What's worse? What, what's going to be tougher? Last year, blowing a 2-0 series lead to Toronto? Or this year, falling behind to Miami 3-zip and losing in 5 with the best record in, in the NBA? I tell you, I, I watched this team, and I'll give them credit because I don't like teams poo-poo in the regular season. So I'm not going to really hold this against them. but. How did this team have the best record in the NBA? I, you know, I watched this team play even when it was with Giannis playing the first three games. And not that I haven't seen them play, obviously, but you, you watch this team play now in the postseason. And, you know, they, they struggled, actually. They lost the game against Orlando. They're just, I mean, are they a 50-plus win team? 53-12? and 12? This team only lost 12 times all year. Really? I mean, they look like a 500 team. They don't look like a number one seed, best record in the NBA. They really don't. And the Eastern Conference was halfway decent this year, so they're not a product of their schedule. So that's the bad news because they embarrassingly lose after having a 2 nothing series lead to Toronto last year. They embarrassingly lose in five games to an inferior Miami team this year. So what's the good news, Scott? Well, the good news is, as we'll get to, um, it doesn't sound like Giannis is on the move. That's coming up next. Bagels and Bad Beats on a Wednesday morning. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Disgusting bagel. Now, back to bagels and bad beats with Scott Wetzel. Rotating the ball, playing picked off by Butler. Here he'll go, galloping the other way and hammer it home. On the Bucks. Fair turnover here early for the Bucks. Jimmy Butler out. Races. Bagels and Bad Beats on a uh, Wednesday morning, 25 minutes past the hour. Scott Webster taking it right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time. Uh, ESPN with the call there as uh, Miami does finish off Milwaukee 103-94 after the, or actually before the Lakers beat uh, uh, the Houston Rockets to take 2-1 series lead there. Miami wins it in five. But the good news is, as I was saying before we had to go to break, uh, afterwards they actually talked to Giannis, who again did not play with his ankle injury, he has one more season under contract with Milwaukee. Milwaukee can offer him that the, the mega deal that you can offer your current guys one year before their contracts actually expire. So he could sign one of those monster contracts, or he could just say, well, no, I'll, I'll just play out the final year of my current deal, and then I'll see what happens after that, uh, which would force Milwaukee to kind of decide, all right, we're going to roll the dice with Giannis and have him play one more season, maybe get a championship and, and you know take the chance that he'll walk after that. Uh, will they pull an Anthony Davis, you know, as uh, New Orleans did with the Pelicans and, and uh, you know, basically force a trade? So, you know, there's a lot of different options there, but it's really ultimately up to the Greek freak, uh, who's really not Greek, to let the Bucks know what his intentions are. Because if he tells the Bucks, I'm probably not re-signing with you guys after next season, then, you know, it puts them in a very difficult spot. It really does. But afterwards, they actually spoke with him. And when he was asked specifically about, you know, could he force a trade the way AD did with the Pelicans, he said, that's not happening. Some see a wall, he further goes on to say, and go in, in other words, another direction. Uh, I plow through it. 
We just have to get better as a team individually and get right back at it next season. So that doesn't sound like a guy who's thinking about leaving Milwaukee. It really doesn't. Now, could he just be saying that? Is he smart enough to just say these things right now, you know, moments after his team gets eliminated? I don't know. You decide. But he's saying things that if people, if he ended up leaving or if he ended up going to Milwaukee and said, listen, get me out of here, uh, or, you know, told the Bucks that I'm not, you know, going to re-sign after next year. There's some words there that you can go back to him and say, boy, you know what? It doesn't sound like this. Uh, that was your intention at the end of the year. You know, when you're talking to the media after your team lost to Miami, you're telling the world how you're getting ready for next season and you're not going to, you know, turn away from, uh, uh, you know, dis- not dissension, but you're not going to turn away from a season that's gone awry. Uh, that's not happening. So you're not going to force a trade clear. I mean, you, you categorically said you're not going to demand the trade. So good for him for doing that. But, you know, ultimately he really doesn't have that say. Uh, it, it's Milwaukee that has that say. But, you know, again, overall, th- that doesn't sound like a guy who's looking to leave. But you never know. You know, it, it, what, are the, what do the Bucks do? You know, if you put Giannis on the open market, you know, um, ultimately he controls his own destiny in that he could tell a team, whether it's the Knicks, whether it's the Bulls, whether it's the, you know, pick a team, whether it's the Lakers, God forbid, oh, you imagine AD, Giannis, and, and LeBron, oh, my goodness. Um, you know, no matter who the team is, you know, he's going to have to go to that team and say, all right, I'm going to resign with you, or I'm going to do the same thing I would have done if I'm in a Bucks uniform, and I'm just going to play out the last year of my contract. So, you know, what would that do to his trade value? Would a team take the risk of maybe sending a couple of first-round draft choices to acquire him, and hopefully your situation appeals to him and you got the inside track? Is that worth two first-round picks? Boy, that would be tough. If you're Milwaukee, would you accept just one? Is it better to, ro- to roll the dice one more season? And I hope you can add on. There's a report from the New York Times, which, eh, let's see, I, this one doesn't make sense to me. But uh, supposedly they're going to go after Chris Paul of OKC, which is looking now for a new head coach. And maybe he's looking to tear down the program since uh, Billy Donovan left yesterday. The, the problem with that theory is uh, he's owed $85 million over the next five years. No. Four years? No. Three years? No. He's owed $85 million, Chris Paul, over the next two years. That's a lot of money. That, that, I mean, that is a lot of money to invest in a 35-plus-year-old guard. Now, he's still good. He actually, you know, accounted himself very well this postseason. I thought he actually played very good. You know, I was surprised how, how good he played this postseason. But, boy, do you want to pay a guy $85 million, over $40 million a year for the next two years? You know, but if that, you know, helps you keep the Greek freak, but you're only getting him for one more year, theoretically, without Giannis. You know, if Giannis plays next year, okay, and then he has to decide if he wants to stay, in his mind he's going to be saying, well, we got Chris Paul for one more year, and now he's going to be 37. You know, can I really count on him to to help us uh, win a championship? So tough spot for everything. It's just overall tough spot. But ultimately, you know, hearing those words yesterday, if I'm a Bucks fan, I got to be encouraged. Disappointed in the season for the second straight year, but you know, if it's up to me, you, this you know, guys like this only come around once every blue moon, <clears throat> and literally, you can go your entire life rooting for a team and not have someone as good as this guy. And in the NBA, that is so important. I mean, that that is just so so important. You could count, you know, outside of the Detroit Pistons, and they actually had Isaiah Thomas. They had a couple of guys. I mean, but outside of, of a team, Detroit would be the one 
that didn't necessarily have a super suit. The, the Trunchy Bill Piston team didn't have a super, super, superstar player. Other than that, everyone else does in the NBA when you win a championship. You just do. You need a guy like this. And guys like this don't come into Milwaukee very often. So you know what? If it's up to me, if I'm running the Bucks, I try and win a championship. I keep him one more year. I go to him this offseason and say, listen, we're going to roll the dice another year. I'm going to build on. I'm not going to pay Chris Paul $45 million a year, but we're going to try and add on. And, and you decide after that. You know, uh, Ask the Toronto Raptor fan. Would you rather not trade it for Kawhi Leonard and not win a championship, uh, but have the draft choices that you gave San Antonio, or would you rather want a championship? You know, obviously you'd rather win a championship, I would think anyway. And it's not a guarantee, clearly. Clearly he's not a guaranteed championship for Milwaukee, but I, I would roll the dice. And if he leaves, he leaves. It is what it is. I, I, I guarantee you the next NBA Players Association contract they're going to give teams compensation for losing big-time free agents. You know, even the NFL has compensatory draft choices. The NBA's got to come up with some system. You have to – you can't punish a team in the NBA like the Pelicans would have gotten punished had they kept AD, or the Bucks are going to get punished if they keep him next year and have the superstar just walk, and you get nothing. There's got to be some incentive for those teams to be able to at least say, well, all right, you know what, even if we don't re-sign them, even if it's a compensatory first round pick at the end of the first round, you know, even if it's something like that, which I know in the NBA is, is virtually worthless, but it's still a little something that the NBA team can say, all right, there really is at least a little light at the end of the tunnel if we try and win a championship. Because it's not a good look in the NBA for teams to be trading away their superstar players with a year left on our contract. It's really not. Baseball yesterday, boy, the Stankies lost again. Wow, that is just great. Do you realize? They are now tied with Baltimore and Detroit in the loss column at 21 losses for the last playoff spot. I mean, think about that. Think about the two-pronged fork there that I gave you. The Yankees are tied for the last playoff spot, one. And then two, it's Baltimore and Detroit. I mean, it's not a struggling Tampa Bay team or a struggling Red Sox team or maybe Oakland, or even Houston, uh, maybe a surprising White Sox team, or maybe a, you know, a struggling uh, Minnesota Twinkies team. They are tied with, arguably from last year, the two worst teams in the American League, if not all of baseball, this side of Miami. And that's where the Stankies sit after 42 games this year. Oh, that is great. I'm telling you, if the Yankees lose and lose and lose some more and not make the playoffs with a $251 million payroll, that's more than the Orioles and Tigers combined. They can't. They scored one stinking run last night against Toronto. They were 0 for 7 with runners in scoring position. They left 10 men on base. They held a pregame meeting with the general manager, the GM. That's how bad it is with the Stankies this year. It's not with the players calling a players-only meeting. It's not with the manager, Aaron Boone, calling a meeting, hey, let's get together here. It's the general manager. You don't hear GMs holding meetings with players. I mean, it happens every blue moon, but you know, what does that say about Aaron Boone that the general manager is coming down from the press box, if you will, to talk to the players? I mean, that's how bad it is. And how did they respond last night? By scoring one run. They've now lost five in a row, 15 of their last 20. 
They are a 21 and 21 ball club. They're hitting 176 with runners in scoring position their last 20 games in that 5 and 15 streak. I mean, the excuse of, you know, everyone is hurt, can't have that any longer. You know, LeMahieu is back and a couple of the other guys are back and it's the Stankies. You got a $251 million payroll. You know, you got to have backup. You just have to have backups. And man, oh, they are just awful. Can you met what would have been the odds on FanDuel for Baltimore and Detroit to make the playoffs and the Stankies not? And Stankies, listen, you can throw the Red Sox in there as well. How about that doubleheader sweep? Yanks and Red Sox don't make the playoffs, but the Tigers and Orioles do. What would have been the odds of uh, the boys in Vegas and FanDuel on that combination clicking? And that could happen. I mean, it, you know, it, it's, it's got a ways to go, but Baltimore and Detroit with 21 losses. And Seattle's only a game behind, uh, two games behind now because they lost. They failed to pick up ground last night. But Baltimore and Detroit both won, and they are tied in the loss column with the Yanks. Wow, that would be great. That would be great. And then Baltimore, speaking of the Orioles, they beat the snot out of the Mets 11-2. to You know, how is Major League Baseball reacting to the point that the Mets and Yankees, with an expanded playoff, keep in mind, eight games in both leagues, not the six normal, Eight games in both leagues, and yet both New York teams might not make the postseason. Wow. <laughs> I love it. Uh, you know what? I'll take a last place Red Sox finish if the Stankies uh, don't make the postseason. We're coming up big with the bet. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Try my disgusting bagel. Yeah, back to bagels and bad beans with Scott Wetzel. Myers to right field, towards the corner. Blackman headed back, looking up. This is Slam Diego! Will Myers takes it out of the yard with one swing of the bat. Padres take a 5-3 lead. Yet another grand slam! Padres Radio Network with a call on a Bagels and Bad Meats Wednesday morning, 40 minutes past the hour. 844-843-687. I will open up the phones here in a little bit. Yep, Slam Diego is back as the Padres hit their seventh Grand Slam of the season. Uh, will Myers doing the honor there. First of his two home runs as they beat the crap out of Colorado 14-5 after spotting Colorado a 3 nothing uh, <clears throat> a first-inning lead. Padres scored five in the first. Five more in the second to blow it open early. Uh, Mike Clevenger uh, making his home debut for, for San Diego. Pitched well after that first inning. First four batters, uh, he gave up three runs, including a three-run homer. But uh, no problem. San Diego had the big bats out last night. Uh, again, another grand slam. It is just amazing. Five RBIs for Myers. Eighth career multi-homer game. Uh, they've now won seven of their last nine, including three in a row. Dodgers, though, win. They beat Arizona 10-9. They had a four-run lead. 
uh, heading to the bottom of the ninth inning. And, uh, you know, Arizona made a little bit of a run there, but they weren't able to catch him. So 10 to 9, and uh, LA holds on to their lead in the National League West. Uh, again, this year, more than any other, it doesn't matter, you know, except for matchups. But, you know, you can make the case that uh, some matchups are better than others, even if you're not, you know, going to win the division. So San Diego remains four and a half back. They're five in the loss column with uh, 34, uh, 26 games left. You know, it, it's not insurmountable by any stretch, but uh, still it's going to be tough. Uh, sooner or later, you got to have that Dodger team to lose. They, they, boy, I tell you, they just don't lose. They they don't lose more than one in a row. It's, it's remarkable, um, you know. They may not have had that great, 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 great stretch. Uh, they did win six in a row at one point, but – Every time you look up, they're winning. Just, you know, 10-9, 3-2, 2-1, it's amazing. And uh, they don't play the Dodgers anymore, San Diego, so it's going to be tough for them. They do have San Francisco seven times and any kind of luck, and Seattle three more times. So their schedule, I'll tell you, look at the schedule for uh, San Diego the rest of the way. After this series, they got one more against Colorado tonight. Then they got three against, check that, four against San Francisco at home. Oh, they do play the Dodgers. I'm sorry. Uh, after that, they got a three-game series against the Dodgers after that. Then they play at Seattle. Then they play the last place Angels. And then they play San Francisco again. Uh, I mean, you, you couldn't have handpicked an easier schedule, you know, especially uh, with the Dodgers being included in that. You know, if you have a lead in the division, you don't want to face the second-place team. But when you're, when you're the second-place team, you do. So that actually is a schedule that's not too bad. I, playing the Giants as much as they will, and, and the Angels are playing for nothing, and Seattle stinks. Although at this point, you know, the Seattle's actually just came a couple of games out, but overall they're, they're not any good, so you shouldn't worry about that. You look at the Dodgers' schedule the rest of the way, and uh, they have, uh, you know, a couple more games against Arizona. They got two against Houston. Won't be easy. They got that three spot against San Diego. They have four at Colorado. Won't be easy. They got Oakland on there. And then they close out rivals against the LA Angels. I tell you what, uh, you know, four and a half back, albeit five in the loss column, you know, with that easy of a schedule for San Diego and that tough schedule for the Dodgers, I mean, there's not an easy series in there. It really isn't. You know, especially, you know, knowing that some of these, you know, semi-tough games are on the road, whether it's Arizona this series or Colorado, never easy to win in Colorado. They're fighting for a playoff spot, three against San Diego, two against Houston, Oakland and the Angels, and the Angels will be just looking to knock them off to, to close out the regular season if there's a chance that they might not win the division. So that there's not an easy schedule game left on that Dodgers schedule. They'll probably still win, but... Um, you know, I, I like the Padres' chances a little bit more looking at the, those two schedules. But San Diego does win 14 to 5 again. Will Myers, two home runs. Pittsburgh knocked out the White Sox last night, 5 to 4. Uh, Miami won again. How about the Marlins? They're over 500. The Miami Marlins, think about this, Stanky fans. All right. If, if being tied with Baltimore and Detroit wasn't enough of a dagger on your season, what have been what would have been the odds of the Miami Marlins having a better record percentage wise than the Yankees uh, at the midway point of the season? And that's Miami at 19 and 18, beating Atlanta eight nothing last night. Wow, that puts it in perspective as far as how bad a season the Stanks have had. Texas snapped a six game losing streak, beating the Angels seven to one. Royals snapped a seven game losing streak, beating the Indians eight to six. St. Louis, Minnesota, Red Sox, Phillies uh, split doubleheaders. Uh, no big deal there. St. Louis uh, won the nightcap after Minnesota won the opener. Red Sox won the nightcap after the Phillies won the opener against uh, the Bo Sox uh, for those who play with uh, the boys in Vegas. All right, 844-843-6879, 844-843-6879. Last one, NFL, and, and there's a lot of NFL stuff that we'll get to, but let me throw one thing out there. Um, listen, 
Numbers don't lie, but uh, people do. So it's up to you to decide. But the NFL coronavirus testing report came out yesterday. And uh, much to my pleasure, and I would think most other fans' pleasures, of the 2,641 players and 5,708 personnel members who were tested for the virus multiple times between August 30th and September 5th. Take a guess how many people failed. That's a total, just so uh, you know, you don't run off the road here. I'll do it for you. That is a total of 8,349 people being tested a number of 26,991 times. So each one got tested basically three times, a little bit more than three times. I don't know why some got three, others didn't, but basically three times each. So over 8,300 people. Now, this is not living in a bubble. This is not like the NHL and the NBA. I get why the NHL and the NBA have their numbers. This is people, you know, coming and going at camp, out of camp. You know, you know, it's not just the players. It's over 5,700 personnel. So, you know, they're going home. They're dealing with everyday life. They're going to the stores. They're going to the supermarkets. They're going to the gas stations. They're grabbing the pumps. They're going to the banks, grabbing the pens. They're touching everything. They may be living with the mask, but they're, you know, touchy-feely, everything they do in life, right? So over 8,300 people. And the NFL says that only one player and seven staffers tested positive last week. Eight out of 8,349. If you do the math, that is 0.0009581 percentage, whatever that is. I don't know. Maybe John of Manhattan will be able to tell us. I mean, is that possible? Again, if it's in a bubble, I get it. You got everything quarantined. You got everything under control. But you're telling me that 8,300 people walking around in life, dealing with all kind of friends, family, you know, again, restaurants, bars, uh, whatever the case may be, supermarkets, gas stations, banks, only eight out of 8,300 tested positive. Really, I find that hard to believe. I, I, I just find that hard to believe. Uh, is the NFL lion, Scott? I, I don't know if they're lying. I don't know if they're not trying. I don't know if they're looking the other way. I don't know if they're throwing out test results that may be positive, but then they're going back and retesting a couple of days later. I don't understand why, if, if you're testing 8,300, why it wouldn't be exactly, you know, three and a half times you know, or three times for each person. Um, I, I, I just, listen, I'm encouraged. I'm thrilled. Um, you know, I, I, for a guy that runs office pools, I'm crossing my fingers. We have an entire season. Otherwise, I got headaches to deal with. So, but that just seems crazy to me that, again, a non-bubble situation and you have over 8,300 people being tested and only eight tested positive. Wow. I, I'm still waiting. I, I still want to know when the NFL is going to come down with its protocol as far as When's the last day a player is going to get tested? Is it going to be Friday? <clears throat> is it going to be Saturday? Is it going to be Sunday morning, an hour before kickoff? You know, when do we know, okay, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, uh, Lamar Jackson, pick any player. When do we know categorically, absolutely, that guy is playing? The team, whether it's the Ravens or the Buccaneers or whoever the case may be, 
are not going to come out and say, hey, you know what, uh, sorry, uh, I know it's an hour before kickoff, and I know you put a couple of shekels down, and I know you got the, these guys in your fantasy draft and all this other stuff, but uh, they're not playing. Why not? Well, they tested positive. When did that happen? Uh, Tuesday. Tuesday? <laughs> I, I, I got 50 minutes before kickoff, and you're telling me now that this guy failed on a Tuesday? <clears throat> I want to know. I want to know from the NFL, what is the protocol? Do they got to be put on the injury report? Are we going to get, you know, first injury report's going to come out today. Are we going to see guys with the coronavirus? Are they going to label coronavirus? Or again, are they going to test an hour before kickoff? Are they going to test Friday before they hop on a plane? I mean, I would think they would do that before they hopped on a plane, right? But if they do that on a Friday, that means they could get it Saturday and Sunday morning, theoretically, and, and be playing with the coronavirus. So I would think it would be as close as possible to kickoff. But are you going to wait an hour, a half hour, two hours? The NFL has not come out with its protocol on how they're going to do this. I, I'm just wondering. You know, I, it makes it seem like as of Friday, if you pass, you pass. I mean, that's what it seems like. So, um, you know, cross your fingers. And, and if you're the NFL and you're the, you know, pick a team again, you know, you're the Buccaneers and your season's riding on Tom Brady and he takes a test and he, you know, somehow fails it on Friday. Are you going to hear to that? He's asymptomatic. Doesn't sneeze, doesn't cough doesn't have any issues whatsoever, and, and this test says he's positive. You're telling me the Buccaneers are really going to not play Tom Brady? Yeah, I got to see that to believe it. So there's going to be a lot of complaining this year, a lot of complaining with fantasy guys and gamblers and just fans in general, you know, expecting to, to see their, their star players play. All right, to the phones we go. Johnny in uh, Manhattan starts us off, as he always likes to do, on a Bagels and Bad Beats Wednesday morning. What's up, John? How are you this morning? I'm not that, Scott. The uh... – the virus infection rate in New York State has been below 1% for a month, and uh, they still won't let people eat in restaurants, even with social distancing. Thank you, Governor Cuomo. Yeah, it's, uh, listen, we, we both live here in New York. It is crazy. I mean, on one hand, they tell us how the numbers are just minuscule, and yet on the other hand, you know, we still got to wear these dopey masks, and, and these poor business owners, I feel so sorry for them. I really do. I. You know, I don't know how it is in your neighborhood, but I go up and down the block and there's just closed business after closed business after closed business. I mean, I don't know how they're going to pay their rent or even if they're getting a pass on that. You know, I just you got to have money to pay the bills. You got to eat. You got to put gas in the car. You got to pay, you know, this and that would have. I just yeah. And they want to tell you how great things are, but then they won't open up the state. So, you know, which one is it? You know, uh, can we go to the gym? Can we go to the bar? Can we go to the restaurant? Not have to sit outside in 100 degree temperatures. It, it's very weird. You know, I, you hate to say it, the job, but, you know, you just can't help but think this is all going to open up after the election. That, that's really what it's, I think, what it's really all about. I'm with you on that, Scott. Uh, Scott, you've been talking on the podcast about the dinosaurs and the dinosaur yeah, yeah. bones, and I've been uh, ruminating on that. And it reminds me of a joke, which is, what was the fired archaeologist's lament? He was upset. What was his lament after he got fired? Um... Something about digging. I don't know what. My career is in ruins. <laughs> cute, cute. Yeah, yeah, good call, John. Uh, yeah, I, I do a podcast, and uh, the debate is whether they're dinosaurs. I, I will say, you know, one guy who calls an all-time Dom, uh, who is a, a, a not a naysayer or a you know doesn't take either side of it, but it did bring up a good question: How come all the dinosaur bones that we supposedly find are buried? You know, didn't any dinosaurs, you know, die on, on top of land? You know, how I know we had the flood, if, if you buy into that stuff, as I do. But even even with the flood, there are no dinosaur bones out in the open. Why are all the dinosaur bones that they supposedly find, why are they all buried underground? Why is that? 
But yeah, that that's the, the level of our podcast. Uh, did dinosaurs really exist? <clears throat> Uh, 844-843-6879. Again, 844-843-6879. More phone calls coming up uh, on the second half of our hour. Our poll question is up. I'll get to that next right here at Bagels and Bad Meetings. God bless sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com on this Wednesday morning. Here's truly Scott Wetzel sitting until uh, 7 o'clock Eastern time. Coming up on the uh, top of the hour. Got our uh, sports poll question out there that we like to do every single day. Uh, with the Stankies losing again and the prospects of the Patriots having a, which I think is going to be an awful season. And we'll do over-unders and everything all tomorrow. I'll, I'll do all that stuff tonight as far as some of the prep work. And we'll do our picks, our predictions. Uh, some season over-unders. It's going to be difficult. Know that the season may end up being a wash, so you may end up not you know, having a, a season total because you won't play 16 games. But all that said and done, we'll give out our predictions. We'll do over-unders. I know I had a few guys email me and ask me when that's going to happen. So I'll do all that work uh, on my own tonight, and then we'll do that uh, for, for tomorrow for sure. But with the prospects, I think if the Patriots have an lousy year, Stanky's maybe not making the playoffs, uh, LeBron you know, struggling a little bit, although they do win last night, uh, what would be your sports fantasy? Yankees failing to make the playoffs. Uh, LeBron failing to win the NBA championship. Patriots finishing 6-10. and 10. Uh, I made sure it wasn't like 2-12. and 12, Otherwise, they'd get the first overall pick, and we don't want that. So we got to have it where they're not going to get the first overall pick uh, or the proverbial other. So get your vote in. Go to my uh, Twitter feed, which is at uh, Opposite Picks. I think SportsGrid and a few of the others that we're on are going to retweet that out. But the worst comes to worst, go to mine and get your vote in. Just posted that a little while ago. Early on, LeBron failing to win the NBA championship at 41%. Stankies failing to make the playoffs at 29 Patriots finishing 6-10 and 10 at uh, 23 And then a uh, couple of others, including uh, Sports Wolf tweeting in, Tiger Woods missing the cut at Wingfoot. Uh, that would be pretty good. Uh, that's a good one, uh, Sports Wolf. Uh, absolutely. You know, having Tiger Woods fail. Although he's been, you know, kind of been, you know, pushed to the side. You know, he he's not front and center. Uh, as much anymore. So they, when he won the Masters, that kind of settled things down last year. So, all right, 844-843-6879. Still a lot to get to. A lot of NFL notes, including the Dallas Cowgirls in trouble and the four-letter net for the hypocrisy of them. That's all coming up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.